Hello and welcome back to 100% Real with Ruby. Today I have oh, the most amazing Shannon Beer. I have been dying to get her on the podcast because she really goes in deep with self-worth, self-image, the way that how you view yourself actually really holds back your journey in terms of seeing any results, especially when you are actually getting results, but you still don't see them. So we're going to dive in deep to all of this, but I'm going to get Shannon to touch on what she usually sees to be the biggest burden with people that go to her and what the bit, biggest bottleneck is in actually keeping the results that we want to seek and even just seeing them in general. So hello, and I'll let you take that off. Awesome. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. Thank you for the introduction, the kind words. Um, to start off with that first question about the biggest bottleneck that people face when it comes to, I guess, sort of improving how they feel about themselves. I guess this is something that I've discovered over time from as my coaching's kind of involved. So originally I would sort of work with people with physique goals, I'm like, yeah, let's move towards your physique goals. Absolutely not a problem. Helping people to lose fat um, and like improve their health at the same time. And then I realized that the more I worked with people, that there was something kind of missing in that people were coming to me who were uh, already like fairly active, you know, already eating like a nutrient dense diet and still wanting to change their physiques and finding that the degree of restriction that was necessary to achieve the physique that they um, assumed would make them feel better was uh, enough restriction that it was having a bit of a negative impact on their life in terms of their well-being, in terms of their ability to socialize, in terms of increasing their thoughts about food and also the attention that they paid to their body. So basically this pursuit was just overall having a bit of a, a negative impact in their lives. And I was kind of wondering, well, what's the point? Like, why do you want to achieve this body when it's bringing you so much sort of distress? And that's when I came across more of the research into body image. And I sort of realized that the main barrier holding people back from shifting their goals or working on how they feel about themselves is generally just that fear of fat gain and what may come with that fat gain. So usually people want to change how they look in order to feel more confident in um, with the sort of assumption that when they are more confident, they will have better relationships. So they'll, they'll find, you know, someone that they've been looking for. They'll have more confidence in social situations. They'll feel more valuable as a person. Like they've got more to offer once they look a certain way. And I found that that feeling that people are looking for doesn't necessarily come with a quote unquote ideal body. And pursuing that and kind of attributing that success down to a body often doesn't result in any of the results that people are looking for. And addressing that fear of fat gain is a really sort of important thing to do if we're going to help someone to actually improve how they feel about themselves that's not to say that we have to completely disregard physique goals like yeah sure that can be part of what we do but if you want to feel better about yourself there's more to it than just changing how you look I guess it's also in the fact that as soon as you start addressing all of these things that you've mentioned like the not focusing so much on the the fear of feeling fat and the body goals but actually focusing on how you can which is something I'll ask you about as well but how you can actually achieve these feelings that you desire without attaching it to a weight on the scale or a certain body image and then on the other end there are people that would come to us that have been dieting their whole lives and if they haven't been in a fat loss phase their whole lives, they've still been in that dieting mindset and they're afraid to actually change or change their behaviors to get them to where they want to be because everything's been, I've tried this, I've tried that. And it's the focus that they have on, I, I've been a failure. And then they are identifying with their failures or their past, the past 
times in their life where they felt anything but where they wanted to go. And I'm pretty sure you touched on it as well, how the brain only perceives anything in the future based on past experiences. So it will actually frame something that feels safe to it, but it doesn't actually know what's laying out there. It's just based on past experiences. So it's really important to not identify with the failures in order in order to actually move forward because you're going to have to let go of that attachment to whatever it is you have in your head that is going to be the thing that somehow makes your life a miracle. But it's scary. And I guess I want you to really talk into how you approach this so that they actually dig deeper into where they want to go without attaching it to a certain image or something and actually finding the things around them that lead to that. Because people don't actually ask themselves, how is this making me feel along the way, which is why they can't stick to a habit. Like people will fall off from exercise because it feels like a chore. They're not paying attention to how something makes them feel or how the exercise makes them feel and actually remembering those good things because they're too busy identifying with their failures and the rush to this ideal image. You're so right in that it really is our thoughts that need to be addressed because they sort of dictate so much when it comes to how we feel and also how we behave. And you said something along the lines of, you know, if we identify with our past experiences, that colors how we interpret future scenarios, which is totally true, as does the way that we perceive ourselves. So if we don't feel good about ourselves as people, we may interpret new information in light of that feeling we have. So if we're not confident when we're going into social situations, we're going to perceive somebody looking at us as, oh, that person's thinking something about me, when it could just be a harmless glance in our direction. So really being aware of your thinking style, the thoughts that you have about yourself, the importance that you place on your body is sort of the first step. And it can be really difficult to actually notice these thoughts. Many of them are automatic and habitual. But when you do become more aware of how you think, that sort of opens up the floor for then working on those thoughts and changing those perspectives that you have. So the another reason that this is super difficult is that our environment and our culture um, pretty much conditions us to think in certain ways so we've learned to attach a great degree of value to achieving a certain physique because of the way that bodies are portrayed in the media or even the conversations that we have with friends and family who make comments on what we eat or how we look as well as scrolling say on social media and seeing all these like edited photos all of that kind of in the back of your mind without you noticing really um, adds up to portray this idea that we have to, to look good in order to feel good. But the best thing about taking control of your thoughts or at least examining them a little bit closer and questioning um, your, the way that you think is that you don't have to wait until you've achieved this body to start feeling the way that you want to feel. You know, that feeling is there for you to work towards regardless of how you look. So you don't have to wait um, until you achieve this ideal body. And the funny paradox is that when you take the pressure off and you start to broaden your perspective, your ways of thinking um, and the way that you relate to yourself, most people actually find that they have better control over their eating behaviors because there is less pressure. You know, they're more trusting of themselves. And they're able to better regulate their intake, which oftentimes has, you know, physical effects on our body in terms of our physique start to change anyway. Um, it's not always the case that someone's physique will change, but often like if that's kind of one of the barriers that's holding someone back isn't um, an inability to sort of regulate their intake where they're feeling maybe super restrictive and then overeating often by not focusing on their body so much, they end up moving towards where they want to be and the pressure is taken off and there's less importance associated with that. So there's less fear of failure because, oh, you know, my entire self-worth won't shatter if I don't achieve this ideal body, which actually results in that feeling of how someone truly wants to feel. So I think it's just important to be aware that you know, whilst you may want to work towards a physique goal, actually addressing 
the way you feel about yourself first, or at least alongside that, um, is probably a more effective route to go down. One big thing that you mentioned in one of your posts, which kind of piggybacks off this, is the the big eye. Like you are this big person. And if you imagine yourself as just like an outline without the actual inside, and you put like little eyes all, all the way inside your body, like as soon as you make one little mistake, it's like one of those eyes getting crossed off but you're still there and there's still all those other eyes. And you wrote in the post where when we blame ourselves, it not only makes us feel bad, but it feeds into that whole self-destructive pathway. And then we just say we're total failures. And every time something happens and we try to actually congratulate ourselves, there's this, no, no, you always fail. You always slip up. And how can we actually bring ourselves out of this Because in that whole thing that you just said, it's we need to take ourselves away from chasing this body goal and focusing on how we feel because we can feel the way we want to feel by doing the things that get us to that place. Like we know that the way we eat is going to impact how we feel. We know that moving our body is essential to impacting how we feel. We know that if we actually show up to our training sessions and lift the damn weight, we're going to feel damn strong. We're going to feel confident. We're going to be focusing on, like, instead of focusing on shrinking, focusing on building our bodies. And if we can actually change, I want you to go into the whole reframing thing, but if we can reframe everything to we're building a better us, instead of we're trying to chase this weight, we're trying to lose weight, but knowing how we want to feel and doing the things that make us feel that way without that pressure you mentioned is actually going to help us with the whole I thing that's staggered in us because we're zooming out and it's not, oh my God, it's an eye that just fell down. My world is broken, but oh no, there's still more eyes. I have time versus, oh no, I need to hurry up. I only have 12 weeks. I only have eight weeks on this thing. Absolutely. What you're referring to there is a really helpful exercise to help people to develop self-acceptance, which is basically just a way of saying somebody who can realistically look at themselves and accept their strengths and their weaknesses for what they are. And that doesn't mean that we can't choose to work on ourselves. It just means that we don't feel, as you say, like complete failures for not being 100% perfect because nobody is. So it's just about recognizing that all humans have faults and that's okay. We don't need to condemn ourselves when we do something that um, falls short of our own expectations. And the the funny paradox of self-acceptance is that once we accept ourselves, we're actually in a better position to make a change because when we're not scared of judgment, we're able to face our faults because it's not um, as big a threat to our entire self-worth. You know, if somebody who feels pretty badly about themselves has to look at something that they perceive to be a failure, that's going to make them feel even worse. And they're probably not going to want to look closely to to what happened there. Whereas someone who is generally more self-accepting can say, yep, okay, I did something there where um, I may have slipped up a little bit. Let me try and understand what went on. This way I can decide what I would like to do differently next time. And whilst I'm doing this, I don't need to judge myself as a person. So that big eye, little eye exercise It's just about recognizing that you as a person are a combination of all of the different things you do, all of the thoughts that you have, all of your beliefs, your feelings, your actions, and more goes into making you as a person. So when one thing doesn't go to plan, that doesn't mean that you are a total failure. It just means one thing didn't go to plan. But what we tend to do is we sort of give ourselves this global rating of not being good enough based on one or even two or even a few slip-ups and again recognizing that slip-ups are totally normal every person will go through this can help you to um, take a healthier perspective on yourself so that exercise is just about 
as we say, recognizing that there are a number of different things that go into making you as a person and blaming yourself as a whole doesn't really make any sense because you can't possibly be a total failure because it's not like everything you ever do in your life um, goes wrong. And even if it was, again, that doesn't make you a complete failure because you are more than just the things that you do. Now, when we sort of work on building that self-acceptance again there may be some barriers to that in the sense that people have misconceptions about what it actually means to accept yourself they think that they're going to become complacent or they're not going to strive as hard and that's not necessarily true it can be helpful to assess your beliefs about acceptance or even being kind to yourself um, versus the way that you would usually speak to yourself when you slip up which is for most people can be pretty self-critical. Like how does it actually make you feel when you're condemning yourself for not behaving, you know, perfectly to plan? Usually people will find it actually makes them feel worse. Generally we think I need to be tough on myself in order to motivate myself, um, or maybe I just deserve this punishment. Um, But actually it just ends up making us feel worse and we don't get, we don't move forward from that or it takes us longer to pick ourselves back up. Whereas when we can be kinder towards ourselves, recognizing that everyone has faults and that's completely normal, as I mentioned, we can look closely to what happened and make a productive plan to move forward. So actually, we're probably more likely to be successful and have far less distress associated with that. And it's perfectly fine to have preferences on what you would like to achieve. Like having high standards is not a bad thing. It's okay to say, I would prefer to look a certain way as long as it's not an unreasonable demand. So there's a difference to saying, wouldn't it be nice to to look like this? Or wouldn't it be nice to hit these um, PRs in the gym? That's different to saying, I must look this way in order to be loved. Or I am a failure. I am weak if I don't achieve these results that's a big difference so recognize when you're elevating your demands uh, your preferences sorry your preferences to look a certain way into a demand that you must look that certain a certain way or else that's when it becomes a little bit risky and a little bit more um, unhelpful and unproductive um, so working on those sort of demands is one of the things as well that we can do to help someone develop more self-acceptance and yeah I think it's just something that most people in general would benefit from because it doesn't mean that you can't work on yourself it just means that you don't beat yourself up in the process it's it actually got me thinking yesterday as well because I put up a reel where I said don't cut the things you love from your life and then I was showing like cocoa pops and bread and like carbs and then all of a sudden I'm like wait what message am I actually sending out right now I'm saying they can have all this stuff but I'm also wanting them to realize they can't always just fill this in because maybe at a certain part of your journey, it's actually best to not include, like to not hold these foods up on a pedestal because that's going to lead to hunger. That's going to lead to less food options. That's like food options to actually fit into your day. So that got me thinking that so many things can be taken out of context. If all you do is focus on this one thing that you want without checking into yourself with, how you actually feel and because you touched on that it's like yeah there like you can still want to lose weight that's when I loved the podcast you did on that but that's when the whole diet culture is different from dieting like dieting is like diet culture is the stupid shit the fads the stuff that just is everything anti what we're saying now whereas dieting is a holistic point of view where you're not always chasing a smaller body it's just a way of eating foods that take you to where you want to be but not just body wise it's how you feel it's what nourishes you it's are you dieting like you sometimes you need a diet to friggin just live like diet is defined as a way of life but the biggest thing I wanted to touch on is the perfectionism thing because you put up a post on this as well. I remember it where you can still strive to be better, but that is not what perfectionism is. But the thing that I want you to dig into here is how we identify with ourselves because we tend to identify ourselves as, oh, I'm, I'm an all or nothing chick. Oh, I'm a perfectionist. 
It's like as soon as you put that label on it, you're making it harder for you to break the chain. And then that makes it harder for you to actually discern yourself from these mixed messages on social media when someone's putting up a post and it's just like, oh, but I can't eat that. But then at the same time, it's like, do I want to eat that? Because if I eat that, it might trigger a binge at the moment and you need to know yourself because sometimes you need to actually say no to something in order to actually get everything, like all your ducks in a line before you can actually move to it. Yeah, it's almost like graduating. And if all you can think about is restriction or restriction, the more tempting all these other things are going to be instead of you actually tuning into yourself. I hope that whole conglomerate made sense, but. Yeah, I think what you're getting at is that, you know, there are many reasons that someone may want to improve their diet that doesn't just have to be about losing fat or changing how they look. And that giving yourself permission to eat foods doesn't mean that you're always going to be eating everything that's available. If you've been restricted for a very long time and you begin to sort of explore the option of giving yourself permission to eat, then yeah, it may be a case of um, indulging in these foods more than what you're used to. But at some point that novelty wears off and ultimately it becomes a way of learning how to better meet your needs which sometimes would involve food and sometimes won't and you mentioned a bit about perfectionism and the way that we perceive ourselves and absolutely like setting high standards for yourself isn't inherently harmful that could be considered a form of healthy perfectionism but often what we find is it's those high standards in combination with a fear of failure so this is the distinction between perfectionistic strivings so wanting um, great things for yourself versus perfectionist concerns where you're scared about making mistakes you're um, fearful of being like negatively evaluated by others um, and you've got a huge feeling of sort of discrepancy between your performance and your expectations so you kind of feel like you're never good enough when you're um, when you've sort of got an unhealthy form of perfectionism but it's not the standards themselves that are problematic similarly to how having a physique goal isn't inherently wrong or dieting is always problematic that's not the case there are ways we can do this in a healthy way but it's about assessing our motivations for doing so which is why I'm sort of emphasizing you know what do you think will happen when you look a certain way if you're trying to achieve this result to improve your confidence to achieve social approval that's kind of a warning sign that there may you know you may want to sort of reframe that perspective and consider you know what's best for you overall in terms of your health and in terms of your life and finding sort of the the middle ground between that which as we've been discussing may involve doing some of that sort of inner work on yourself and the way that you perceive yourself um, and as a result the way that you sort of prioritize these different things in your life so if you find that you've got these super high standards for yourself and you don't feel good enough unless you meet them then that's something worth um, examining a little bit closer as well and learning to be open to making mistakes learning to um sort of realize that nobody is perfect and like living by that but still doing your best that's sort of I guess the healthiest path to overall development whether that's as a a person or even um, within your physique so I think that it's it's difficult to break into that mindset when we put all of this pressure on ourselves so being aware of the things that influence the way that you feel is super important as well um so you know if you're going through your social media feed and comparing yourself to these um what would look like you know amazing bodies and clearly these people must be having the best life ever think about how that makes you feel and what that's doing for your frame of mind. And if you don't think it's helpful, then begin to like make, you know, do something about it, either change your your social media feed or um, whatever it is, or just pay more attention to other things as well. I think these are sort of ways to begin to recognize, okay, there's a lot of things here influencing the way that I believe. And some of these aren't helpful and the thoughts that I have aren't necessarily true. So how do I want to feel and what do I need to think in order to feel that way? And what do I need to do to 
get this feeling that I'm seeking, um, which is where all like the body image work, the, the um, self-acceptance work, the self-esteem work, or even like the perfectionism work, that can all be helpful to just help you take a yeah like a healthier attitude towards yourself so you're setting goals that improve your life not goals that prove your worth because you're already worthy the way you are it's just about recognizing that worth nobody was born wanting to look a certain way and nobody was born not feeling good enough it's something that we develop over time um, and that's something that we can change as well so I think yeah helping people to do that has become like a large part of my coaching that's probably one of the things I love the most because it's as soon as we start to realize that we already have everything we need in us it's just we need a we need to stop identifying with things from our past and we're not even human beings anymore we're human doings and everything that you've been saying is stuff that means nothing to someone who's too busy doing shit striving like not striving but chasing shit trying to avoid shit like they're too busy versus actually just sitting with themselves to become aware to take ownership to get out of denial to actually realize how this is holding them back because if we're too busy striving for the well chasing this chasing that it it that's where the bottleneck I guess happens and you're not actually able to realize how your thoughts are holding you back, how your thoughts are sabotaging any chance of getting to where you want to be, getting to where you want to feel. And you said something about striving versus concerns. It's almost like the thing that I always say is stop focusing on what you want to avoid. You want to start focusing on what you want to add into your life, what you want to become, what, like what you visualize for yourself. Um, something that you touch on a lot as well is unrealistic expectations, but with the whole identity and labeling yourself with anything like perfectionism or all or nothing, or I, I, I'm fat or I'm scared. I'm this, I'm like attached to the idea of losing weight. I'm forever losing weight. I'm a dieter, like connecting to that. I'm dieting. How can identity with any any particular thing and labeling yourself how can that sabotage you and actually lead to more unrealistic expectations and then where does being able to sit into discomfort come into all of this the way that we identify with ourselves is really important as you say like we can often put ourselves into these very small boxes and become constrained by that for example think about what's happened recently with the pandemic you know if you perceive yourself to be a power lifter and then suddenly all of the gyms are shut and you don't have access to your usual equipment that's probably going to have a pretty large impact on how you're feeling because all of a sudden that identity has been whipped out of your feet, you know? So being able to have a broad sort of sense of who you are, I think is not only important and helpful, but it's also the most realistic way of looking at yourself because you are more than just sort of the one thing that you do and your identity is probably far more complex. So think about who you are in terms of your relationships. You may be a daughter, you may be a friend, you may be a partner, um, you may be a granddaughter. What about the, the hobbies that you have? You know, you may engage in a sport, but you may also have some creative endeavors. Like I'll just talk about it in relation to myself. It's like, oh, I like martial arts, but I also like lifting, but I also like traveling. I also like reading and, and writing and um, all of these different things, walking outside in nature, you know, all of these things contribute to who I am as a person. And like putting all of my eggs in one basket is always going to be a sort of rocky way of relating to myself. So I think taking that broad perspective, knowing that who you are sort of changes depending on a con uh, context as well, like you're probably not the same person that you were a year ago. So not only is your identity dynamic and complex but it's also in flux as well it's constantly changing so being able to recognize that who you are is sort of a combination of all of these things and also has the potential to change I think can be quite liberating because then you're not restricted to being any one person it's like identifying with your partner like I am so-and-so's wife well, what happens if somewhere along the line like that relationship doesn't work out so well all of a sudden everything that you've done up until this point has been as so-and-so's wife 
well, now that that relationship's gone, who are you? Like that, that's just one example of how putting all your eggs in one basket can be pretty um, restrictive and risky. So I think one nice exercise for this is sort of to think about all of your characteristics, all of your hobbies, all of your relationships in your life, all of your desires, all of these different things form you. So even like having a go at writing about all of these different things that you have going on for you, I think can be quite helpful. Um, and as I say, recognizing that, all right, then, yeah, my, my health and my nutrition and my training is important to me, but it's also only important because it's enhancing my life and improving how I feel or improving my health, um, building my strength. And it's happening in the context of other things that I've got going on. And it's not that, as we keep saying, you know, I just want to emphasize that setting these physique goals isn't a bad thing, but it's when they begin to take over from other aspects of your life that are still important to you, that's when it can become problematic. So learning to recognize that having preferences to what you want to achieve is awesome, but not at the kind of detriment of your well-being. And it's not because you have to do these things to prove your worth, but think of these things more so as an expression of who you are. And when your motivation for something is more identified, it relates to your values as a person, it's probably going to be far more sustainable. Um, so not only are you going to do better, but it's probably going to be easier to, to maintain that over time. So I think everyone would benefit, you know, most people would benefit from just taking a step back and thinking about who they are as people, what they value, what's important to them, um, and where their sort of health and fitness fits into that, and why it's important for them to feel good. You know, what do you want to achieve from your life? And um, why is being confident important to you? Recognize your needs that you're, you know, the, the things that you want, and then sort of set goals that directly relate to those things as well, so that you don't lose sight of why you're even doing this in the first place ask yourself better questions that's honestly the biggest thing that you've been touching on like if you don't ask yourself those better questions you're going to stay stuck in the haze of chasing that thing and I guess I could even put an example to that when I was competing and I guess we both have been through these or we have helped people through these so we're trying to save all of that work all of that like wasted time wasted energy wasted brain space wasted friggin chocolate and ice cream whatever wasted whatever and try to actually make the process so much easier for people once they start to trust in themselves and the process and see it this way ask themselves a better questions because when I was competing in my physique I identified myself with someone that was this really lean person and then I was getting all of these like compliments and likes and getting like those kind of things feed your identity as this lean person. And then all of a sudden I turned into a shell where I was just stuck there doing the same shit. Cause I know that that was comfortable. That's what had me at that place. And I found it too hard to then change my goalposts. And <laughs> I love the goalpost analogy, but I found it too hard to then change those goalposts. So I was stuck there, unfulfilled, unhappy, but then I clung to another identity as a power lifter. And the same thing happened there towards the end. I was still prepping for pro raw, my international comp. And I clung to this identity of, as a strong person who's lean. And it took so many years to finally detach from that. And this is where it comes to everything that you've been saying too, which I want you to touch on is it's uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable to detach from what you've known, what had, what you attached as making you feel a certain way from having this certain body, from having this certain identity. But it's only now after, I think that's been six years in total, I stopped focusing on that, that image, that look, that chasing. And I am the most balanced I've ever been with food. I have crappy sessions and I don't even care now especially because we're in lockdown. It's like, as soon as lockdown happened, I'm like, oh, cool, in home. Like that would not have been me back then. I would have felt like, like lost. And this is where that whole, you need to get uncomfortable knowing that you're doing something different. You're changing yourself for the better. And if you don't sit with yourself, you mentioned writing, you mentioned hobbies. So many of my girls 
don't want to write. Like they will rather voice message or they rather just not say anything. They rather just say it in their head, get it over and done with, and then leave it at that. Or they just get overwhelmed. They're not willing to just sit with their thoughts. How can we overcome that to then break through that shell and stop being a shell? Yeah. And people aren't willing to sit with their thoughts or it's not even a case of not being willing all the time. Sometimes I think it just comes down to people not seeing the value in doing so. So I think part of our role as coaches is kind of to, to highlight the importance of doing this by showing someone just how these unhelpful thoughts are operating in their lives. Gaining that sort of awareness is going to be the first step and then offering a, a route to sort of change those thoughts. So if we're thinking along the lines of, you know, most people want to achieve a physique goal, they've probably had this goal in mind for a very long time. They've probably got a very good reason, as in it's reasonable for them to want that due to, as we say, the society that we live in. And trying to overcome these ingrained ways of thinking is going to take some work work and it's not even the case that changing our thoughts is enough we have to change the way that we behave to act in accordance with these newer beliefs that we may be forming for example most people would actually tend to agree that there's more to life than looking a certain way but that doesn't stop them from rigidly dieting or behaving in a way that suggests that they do care a lot about how they think and that's because there's kind of a difference to what we may know on like a rational level to what we sort of feel emotionally to be true so going through the work of like reframing these thoughts and being like yes I know that there's more to me than my body I have all these other things going on if we don't then begin to act in accordance with that new belief we're never really going to truly believe it so it's a case of examining the way that we think but then also changing the way that we behave as well and sometimes it may be the case that you have to act even when you don't truly believe something to be true so this could be um, for example someone knows there's more to them than just looking a certain way but they still weigh themselves daily they still monitor everything that they eat they still feel pretty restricted they still worry about what other people think of them you know they're not really living as if there's more to them than how they look so it's only when you start to take action on that for example giving yourself permission to rest when you're not feeling so great you know that's something that a lot of people struggle with because it's like well if I don't go to the gym you know I, I'm not going to burn these calories or I'm, I'm gonna my progress is going to be affected and that can get in the way of like taking care of yourself so actually giving yourself permission to do these things and living as if there's more to you than how you look will help you to truly believe that um so it's not always just a case of changing our thoughts but i think there are definitely a lot of barriers to that in the sense that we can't see our thoughts some people aren't like they're not always easily accessible either like there may be sort of rules for living that people operate by they're not really aware of at, at the you know the moment that those thoughts are in action um, so when you're stepping on the scale and, and monitoring how you look each day you're probably not thinking oh I, I must achieve this ideal body or I'll never be loved again you're just like oh this is whatever I do I do this every morning and you don't see how that may be for some people contributing to you know increased preoccupation with with how they look or supporting the idea that's very important to monitor your appearance um, and control control that so I think that awareness is important but also understanding the barriers that people may have you know well um if I examine these thoughts as I say like oh, my standards will drop or um does that mean I can't work towards my goals like these are all things that we can address and just help to show the benefits you know most people are fairly open to the idea of monitoring their food but when it comes to monitoring their thoughts that's like whoa this is an entirely new thing um so i think just improving the the dialogue even in the industry and being like yeah these things are important too um can help it to become a little bit more accessible um and also as i say to show the benefits that someone may have and the only way to do that is to illustrate how these thoughts are influencing our individual clients like how is this actually manifesting in your life you mentioned that you um, really want to spend some more time with your partner but going out for a dinner um is something that you 
you feel anxious about yeah let's look at that a little bit more closely and when you do you can see that that fear of eating something that you don't know the macros of is getting in the way of something that actually is important to you such as your relationship and the reason that the macro like eating foods that you don't know is scary is because you're scared of fat gain is because we, we need to work on the body image and then that's kind of like an avenue to someone being like oh yeah I can see now how this is impacting my life. I can see how it's getting in the way of what I want and what's important to me. Now that I'm aware of that, I've got more incentive to sort of change and do something about that. But also I think setting up the expectations that it's not easy and it is uncomfortable and it is difficult is part of that process too. Um, So people don't feel like they're failing because they don't all of a sudden feel better. Like, yeah, that's normal. These thoughts are going to take time to change, but when they do change, like so will your life. And, you know, what would be the sort of consequence of not doing that work? Is this way of living really how you want to go on? Or um, do you want to be able to reach that place where you do have that confidence that you're looking for and you don't worry about food or your training or how you look um, because that's possible to achieve. So that, that option is there if you know, you're willing to sort of engage in some thoughts that may be a little bit uncomfortable. Everything you said in that last section has been my absolute favorite so far because many people just do not allow themselves, like they rest, but they feel guilty about resting or they rest, but their mind isn't resting. They're too busy thinking. They're demean, like they're berating themselves while they're resting. It's like people don't know what true rest is. And when you mentioned the whole, okay, so are your actions and behaviors in line with what you truly seek in life? People forget that life element. You have a life. It's not just this game of friggin' Mario Kart where you're dashing yourself around an oval. Like, you have life outside of that oval that you're going around and around. Like, zoom out, go into the crowd. Like, there is life there. And the biggest thing you mentioned too is the lag time for change. Yeah, okay, you're having these thoughts now. You're starting to take those behaviors. And I wish we had more time to go into unrealistic expectations, but I want to have a twist on the end of this. But that's when you're, you don't accept that there's a lag time for change that you start setting more unrealistic expectations and then you start going through that self-sabotage thing that we said before and then identifying with failure when you just haven't given it enough time. And once you can actually zoom out of just focusing on a body image or having everything around this scale number, you allow more flexibility in your life. And by allowing more flexibility in your life, you will actually get to the body that you want, the life that you want without being so fixated on it and you're actually doing it the healthier way, not just healthy physically, but healthy mentally. Um, One last thing I want to touch on in this is because I've not heard you talk about it on a podcast before, but you did do a post on it, is how everything we just spoke about bleeds into your sexual satisfaction. Now, whether we like it or not, we're humans and we we get like it, it it's part of our being to actually want that pleasure to get the most out of that pleasure and if our sex lives are sabotaged or we're not able to to get excited for bedtime that's going to impact so much more on how we feel about ourselves and how how we carry ourselves the next day because we're going to start saying oh, my my partner keeps bringing this up or it's affecting our relationship. I can't get excited at night. I'm, I'm not satisfied in bed. I don't know what I even want in bed anymore. And then if they're not happy with themselves, they're not willing to explore the bedroom. And all of this, I've started to realize more lately, especially those that have such focused oh, minds on their body image and on food, they don't get that in the bedroom and it's affecting their relationship and then it's affecting them even more about how they feel and then they're just so focused on it and there's no out. So I guess I just really want you to touch on that whole subject with how all of that's linked into the bedroom and then how the bedroom then links it all back like this loop. 
Yeah, it's super interesting because I didn't quite realize just how much sort of the way that we feel about ourselves can impact our lives. And I know we haven't spoken about it today, but something that I talk about um, fairly regularly is the idea of flourishing health. So basically what it means to be truly healthy and to like live a decent life. And not only is like physical and psychological health important, but so is our like social health and our relationships. And that includes our intimate relationships. And it's only when I began to work people who were, uh, work with people who sort of had um, poor body image or low self-esteem that I realized how that could impact our close relationships. And we spoke a little bit about um, how that may impact social relationships um, and going out to eat with people or being scared of, of what other people think, but it can also impact our intimate relationships as well. And I've worked with a number of people who have noticed how their relationship with their partner has suffered as a result of their poor body image usually due to a fear of getting intimate because they don't want their body to be touched they don't want to be seen um, even though they may have been with their partners for a number of years so actually what we notice is that when we work on someone's body image and improve how they feel about themselves this can increase someone's satisfaction that they have with their relationship and their, their sexual satisfaction and I think that's something that we shouldn't shy away from talking about because we know just how important these relationships are for our health you know if you look at the research yeah. into loneliness and mortality it's super interesting about how lonely individuals can become more hypervigilant um their cortisol levels increase and, and this can sort of result in HPA axis dis dysregulation, which you don't need to know the details, but essentially like lonely individuals have an increased risk of mortality. Um, so I think working on our interpersonal relationships is really important. And I wasn't aware of how working on body image can in some people improve their interpersonal relationships because their body image improves, their sexual satisfaction improves, and this predicts relationship satisfaction as well. Um, so I think it's just like really sad, you know, to, to hear how how when someone doesn't feel good enough, like that affects how they act with other people too. Um, and I think it becomes sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're scared of getting intimate with your partner, at some point your partner's going to think, well, you know, this person's not interested in me, or there's going to be some form of issues um, in that. And um, that kind of gets in the way of actually overcoming that and being more intimate again so I think that um, working on how you feel about yourself can not only sort of improve your own life but it also improves the way that you relate to other people which I think is so so important and, and super interesting so I'm actually that's like one of the areas of research that I'm looking forward to exploring more um, next is how we can improve our interpersonal relationships um, whether that's through like again the, the self-work or even even just like our communication skills because they do form such an important part of our lives um and it's kind of you know we all want to, to feel close to people and sometimes we're the ones preventing ourselves from from feeling that way yeah and the thing that you mentioned there about our communication skills or whatever it is that it takes to improve these relationships they're not going to be open channels they're not going to be present channels if we're feeling like we're not worthy enough or a burden or we're too much or we're not enough, we're not going to be willing to use these channels to then improve our relationships. And I just wanted to sum that up by this, like, because I'm really close friends with someone who's a hairdresser and people would come in wanting to just like chop their whole hair off or do like this massive do. But then she, she, she's that joking type of person. So she'll start to joke about their sex lives and she'll find out that most of them are just sexually frustrated that it's led them to want this whole big change with their hair. But then once they, once they actually talked about it a little, it's just, okay, I don't really need that. And then if they come in again for another one and like their sex life is that much better, it, they don't have that same, that same demeanor about them, about just wanting a whole life change. So it is, it is actually really interesting. Um, so we're touching on the hour now. So I'm going to not take up any more of your time, but I do want to know what is your absolute favorite thing to do when it comes to rest, recovery and being Shannon? Hmm. 
Um, oh, that's such a good question. It's really hard to answer because I feel like my answer changes depending on whatever mood I'm in. But I would probably say right now that my favorite thing to do because I've been in a new country, like I've never been to, to Germany before. Um, I think probably just to, to get outside and explore new places or to spend time with my partner, like but or doing both of those things at the same time. I think that helps to um, refresh me. I I, I'm someone who sort of I'm very interested in in the work that I do so I can get very absorbed in that I'm like oh what's the what book am I reading right now like I could sit uh, uh, you know in a room for hours just reading whether it's research or literature and I can get very absorbed in that but and I, I enjoy that like that's awesome but I think I have to consciously pull myself away sometimes and the easiest way to do that is to have something that I really look forward to doing as well which would be like traveling trying new foods going to different restaurants or um, going walking around the museums and the art galleries I'm a big fan of art as well um, or as I mentioned just spending time with my partner going and taking photos we're both getting into photography right now so um, learning a little bit more about how to actually work my camera and hopefully getting off autofocus and working on manual would be awesome um so yeah that's probably outside of like training you know um doing sports or and um, reading and working and all the rest of it just spending time with people I, and that's one of the moments where I noticed that I'm not like keeping track of time you know I get absorbed in something different and not really thinking about anything I'm just like generally having a good time that's probably a sign that you're you know you're doing something worth doing so um yeah, that would probably be my answer. Connections are way more important than we realize. And COVID really has highlighted that. Yeah, people still aren't using what they have available to them because of their self-image. And they, they're just too shy or not confident enough to actually make themselves seen. And mm. to end all of that, Shannon mentioned herself, the person that preaches all of this stuff that she still needs to consciously pull away pull herself away from work that's the thing it is a constant work in progress you need to stop putting yourself into this all or nothing box and realize that even us we're still having to work on these things ourselves to be able to rest to be able to pull ourselves away from work and things that are not outside of that stuff that you know takes up most of our lives like we live our lives pretty much at work so yeah thank you so much for coming on I'm gonna put your Instagram below is there anything else that you want to plug at the end of this um sure yeah I would recommend if people are interested in anything that we sort of discussed today also checking out my website because I have a number of articles on there I have um all of the features of like different podcasts that I've done as well as some of my own sort of episodes and if you resonate with the idea of sort of improving how you feel about yourself I also have a body image webinar series which is like a five-part series I put that together primarily for coaches to help them improve like their client's body image but I do I have had some really great feedback from just individuals who've gone through it themselves as well to sort of learn a bit more about why we feel the way that we do and how we can take those steps to improve how we feel about ourselves and I'm working on a new webinar series right now which is going to be focused on self-esteem so we think about body image being how we feel about how we look self-esteem is more about how we feel about ourselves in general um, and the two can be related um but there's also more to it than that. So yeah, if you're interested in any of that, uh, Instagram is a great place to, to stay up to date. Um, and my website is also linked in my bio over there anyway. Um, so hopefully that would be interesting for some people. I feel like the body image is something a lot of people need to work on. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate it a lot. And I hope you guys got a lot out of this. If you did share it, tag us both. We'll appreciate it. And I will see you on the next podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.